Good morning, FCC. How are we doing today? All right, that was all right. I mean, we've been at this for a minute. Like, I expect more of you. All right. How are we doing, FCC? I love it, man. Just gonna wake up the people in the back. Let's do it. Man, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here with you again today. Uh, this is a message that I've been anticipating and excited about sharing with you. Um, because I've met a lot of people who get this one wrong. Uh, and it's not necessarily their fault. It's maybe the way they grew up. And um, man, I really want to help us get this right. Because um, I think it's one of those things that I've met people, even after first service, that were like, man, I just didn't, I didn't see this that way. I, I didn't see Christianity that way. I, I didn't see God that way. I didn't see my purpose that way, perhaps. Um, so so I, I'm excited about what God has for us today, because um, maybe you already know it, uh, but I think it's something that you need to feel again today. I hope you can walk away feeling the weight of what we're talking about. It's a little surprising in some ways, but to start us out, to get thinking in the right way, um, what I want us to do is I want us to consider this uh, thought process, okay? So I want you to be thinking about this as I'm speaking, okay? Do you remember when you first fell in love? So raise a hand. Like you remember when you first fell in love. If you're next to your spouse, raise your hand. This is when you raise your hand. Okay. You remember when you first fell in love. Right. I'm just helping brother out. So like, uh, so you remember, good. You remember when you first fell in love. Obviously it was the person next to you. But, but you remember that. Like you remember that feeling. You remember that, that like head over heels, palms sweaty, heart beating, pulse. Like, like, like you're just... You're just in, like you're just like, you're really, really, really in. Like you, you lock eyes, you're just head over heels. You're just falling in love. You just felt that, know that feeling, just remember that. Now for some of you, when I describe that to you, this is what came to mind, like right, right away. Like this, you're like, I remember. I just remember when I had, I remember my fur baby. I remember when I cradled it in my arms. I just remember that, right? Now, so, some of you, so, some of the ladies out here, especially ladies out there, some of the guys as well, uh, when I said that, you guys thought of this. You're like, yeah, that, and I thought of first love. He was holding that weird alien little poop-making thing. Like, I was like, you know, like, that's for you. You're just like, yeah, it just screams. That's all it does and sleeps. But I love that thing. I locked eyes. Oh, it's so special. Whatever that is. But anyway, so I, I mean, I, I love kiddos and stuff, but like, that, yeah, anyways, it doesn't do much other than that. So, um, but, but yeah, but, but I, I want us to think back, to specifically think on to, those are true, you love the fur babies and you love, love your baby. I, I want us to think specifically to that first love with a person, okay? So think about that. So this was, this was me, this tells you how old I am, one, because this is a picture of a picture, um, but that's me and Stephanie right there. Um, this is like us dating. And uh, so we do have some um, different age ranges here. This is before Christ. In my opinion, I think there should be some room for the Holy Spirit. So I think that like, you know what I'm saying? Like there should be just some room for the Holy Spirit to be there. That's all I'm saying. All right, so if you're here, you're a teenager, leave room for the Holy Spirit. Okay, so this was before Christ. So anyways, um, but, but yeah, th this was uh, me and Stephanie. And I, I remember that vividly because um, before this, uh, I was going to like, I'm going to take her out on a date. And so... Like, like when you meet somebody that you're like, I can't believe they're talking to me right now. Like, I can't believe they're, like, they're, they're interested in me. This is so crazy that they even care about me right now. Like, it's one of those feelings. And it's just like, hey, yeah, you want to go out, I don't know, to get some ice cream? And she said yes. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Couple, couple problems with that is um, 
you know, my car's kind of uh, junk and messed up, so can you drive me? And then I'm like, and, and you know, and I want this to be special, so I'm like, I want the first one to be big time deal. So I'm like, you know, like, let's go to, I mean, whatever you want, girl, like, let's go to Dairy Queen. Like, that's what, that's about the, right? So like, that's what I did. And I was like, but girl, you can get a medium. Like, you can get a medium blizzard, girl. You're like, you just, I, I want you to know when you're with me, only the best. Like, I want her to know that. So, so, so we did, but I remember, I, I remember riding to the, I remember riding to Dairy Queen and, and sitting in her car, which was, you know, one of those things. So I'm sitting in the car and I'm looking over at her and I remember just like, like I was just like looking at her. Like I was just staring at her. And like, it was like one of those awkward things. She kept on looking over me and she's like, wow, I got like a zit. Like, why are you looking at me? Like, what's going on? Like that, and I was just like, I just can't believe you said yes. Like, I can't believe we're actually going to go out and, and eat. It was like the craziest thing for me. And so we sit there and we just talk over eating ice cream. And man, I, I was just like, we spent hours. It was like milk by the time we were done. We just spent hours talking. And I just remember that feeling of just falling head over heels for someone. And so we were together through all of this time and through all of the season together. And so we were together for a couple of years. And so this girl, and, and this, is, this is what's crazy. So, so real quick, so I'm, we're in high school. Up to this point of meeting her, I was big time into sports. So I was playing basketball like crazy. It was actually during basketball season at the high school I was at. So I was playing on the, on the high school team and uh, we had practices all the time. And like, and in this same stretch when I met her and we started dating, um, I come into one practice and the coach asked me to hang on after practice. He says, hey, listen, I want you to know something. I've been watching you. He's like, you're a junior this year. If you really put your focus into this and you start really shooting a lot of threes, you're always going to have some height issues, but if you can really start shooting threes, I think you've got some scholarship potential in you. And I was like, wow, I've been waiting my whole life, working all this time to, to hear those words. But have you met her? <laughs> like, I'm telling my coach that. Like, I'm telling my coach, I'm like, dude, like, I get you, but like, you're asking me to spend extra time. You're lucky I showed up to practice. Like, have you seen this girl? Like, there's no shot, bro. Like, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. Just, like, I'm not, I'm not playing video games. Like, my buddies are like, hey, come on, let's do an all video game night. Like, it's like Halo all night thing. And I'm like, like, no, like, look, like, there's no shot that I ever had this girl. Like, this is the way in which I approached it. I was like, this girl, are you kidding me? She's got all of my time, all of my heart. Like, I'm, I'm all in. What you guys may not know, you may know some of that story, but what you may not know is two years later, we find ourselves sitting at a desk with a pastoral counselor in front of us and me asking the question, what does it look like to actually fall out of love with someone? Two-year journey from being so caught up with someone to now be at a desk talking to a professional counselor and going, I don't know if we want to do this anymore. Like, I, like I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is the question is, how, how do you fall out of love? But like, so I get, get it. We were going, we're laughing, we're thinking about this falling in love. But I was like, how did this happen? Like, how is it that we find ourselves right now, both of us equally going, do we just need to go our separate ways? Like, is this the point? We've had a good two-year run, but are we done? Is this, is this over? I remember he mentioned two things to me that day, and he shared with me and Stephanie. He was talking about divorce specifically, and he's like, hey, um, you know, when you're, when you're thinking about divorce, I want you to think about it 
in, in this way. So, you know, what's the top two reasons why people eventually quit this? Why do people leave this? Why do they get a divorce? And this is the two things that came up with some, some statistics now to back it up, but this is what he shared at the time. He said number one was commitment. He said um, that now 75% of people who have had a divorce over the last, it's about a seven-year uh, journey of some stats going on, like what's the top reasons of why you're done? And number one was a lack of commitment. The second one was very similar, which was infidelity. So for me and Stephanie, we didn't have infidelity, physically speaking, but this lack of commitment, suddenly when I look back and I was like, when I first met her, I was like, man, forget all these other things. I just want you. And then two years later, I am busy doing all kinds of things. And we're going through the motions in a relationship, but we don't really have that first love anymore. So the question is, what, what do we do now? Like, what, what do we do in this reality? What do we do now that we're in this stretch, in this season? What do we do that now we're in this space where we just don't feel that love anymore? And, and see, what's so powerful in this and what we're talking about in this Red Letters journey today is that, so we've looked at the words of Jesus. So Jesus um, came to earth, spoke words to us, recorded in God's word. And what we've been reading is those red letters, which was just basically like putting in that this was his quotes. And so red letters, what did Jesus actually say on these topics? And so uh, we've looked at the way in which God, that Jesus was approachable and which he was invitational and the, way, in, in the ways in which he was um, so intentional and interruptible. We looked at all these different characters of Christ. And today I wanna look at a new one. And that one being specifically, like Jesus, we are called to be relational. We have a relational God a relational Jesus, a, a God who desires a intimate relationship with you, right? And for some people we see this and, and that's like a, a weird thought because you grew up and, and, and a lot of us in this room, if we're honest, we, we see God, we tend to see God in two different areas. You think of him as either a loving, nurturing, grace-filled father Right? He's a savior, he's a father, he's graceful. Or you see him as this righteous, holy judge, right? So for a lot of us, we see him as either he's his loving father or he's his righteous, holy judge. And so we model our life and think of God through those lenses. So, so you operate and think of things differently depending on where you land on kind of the way you see God. And in the way in which you see your purposes in that. And I want to show you today, specifically on the relational side of God, which, by the way, both is true. He's righteous, true, just God, and he is also a loving, gracious father. But we need to see the total package of who he is, specifically through the lens of being relational. So look at it this way. When we talk about being relational and specifically with God, I want to show you two things today. One, that God has always wanted a marriage-like relationship with you. Always. Like the, the definition and idea of marriage was God's idea. It's his plan, his thought, his purpose. He's always wanted that with you. So that's number one. That, that from the Old Testament, New Testament, and a lot of us don't see the Old Testament that way. We see him as a righteous judge. But from the Old Testament to New Testament, I want to show you, God has always wanted a marriage-like relationship with you. Number two, Jesus lived it, spoke it, and proved it when it comes to a relationship. He lived it, he spoke it, and he proved it, that he wants a relationship 
with you. He wanted a marriage relationship with you. Okay, so this is what I want to do. I want us to go um, to the Old Testament. And so uh, for us, you're thinking red letters, no red letters in the Old Testament. Check, you're right. But, but I want to show you God the Father. I want you to show you the way in which he saw humanity, specifically in this very intimate time with his people. Okay, so to do that, we're going to look at Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah is actually takes place about 600 years. He's a, he's a prophet, which means a truth teller of God. He was, was a way in which God operated and worked through humanity at that time. 600 years before Jesus was a guy named Jeremiah. And he is uh, being tasked by quoting the Lord, who is, who is wanting him to go tell his people something. He said, I want them to know this. And so I'm just going to share a little bit of this story of what God is speaking through Jeremiah, a quote of what he wants to tell his people specifically in this area of relationship. And I want you, as we're listening to this, I want you to be thinking about the heart of God. So however you view God right now, I want you to be hearing the tone of his heart in these words. All right, check this out. So this is Jeremiah 2. Uh, it says, this is what the Lord says. Listen to the heart here. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago. How you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. Do you see this? He's going, listen, he's looking at us. He's going, I remember. I remember how me and you used to walk together. I remember how close we were. Do you remember when you first fell in love with Jesus? Do you remember when you were first saved by God? Do you remember that first time that you thought the God of the universe sees me, knows me, loved me? was willing to die for me. Do you remember that feeling of going, wait, what? Like, so you look out at all of creation and you're going, the God who made all of this knows me, knows the hairs of my head or what's left. Like he knows, he knows us, right? But like, like you ever have that moment where you're just like, he knows me and loves me. And you marvel at that. He's going, I remember when it was like that. I remember how we walked arm in arm and hand to hand and that's the way in which you walked. I remember the way you used to pray. And we used to have conversations. I remember the way you used to dive in to read my letters that I wrote you. I remember the way that you were hungry to go love me and love other people. I remember the way you used to serve me and you were hungry to talk to people about me. I remember the devotion of your youth. I remember the way it was long ago. And then he continues. This is what the Lord says. What did your ancestors find wrong with me? that led them astray so far from me. They worship worthless idols only to become worthless themselves. Do you hear the brokenness? Where God of the universe is going, what did I do? What did I do to make you wander? The God of the universe is going like, do you remember how we used to be? What? What happened in the past? What made us no longer have this relationship? What did I do? And so many of us think of like this robotic just judge, and we don't see that even in the Old Testament, God was going, I just want us to be together. I want us to do life together. What? Why are you so far from me now? What did I do? And it's so tempting for us to look at relationships 
and think of ourselves relationally and going, what, what happened here? And this is the way he continues. He says, for my people have done two evil things. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water. The second thing they did is they've dug their, for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. Basically, they're saying it's like he is the source of life for them. Water meant life. And he's like, I, I, you've done two things wrong here. You've abandoned me, the very source of life. And the second thing you've done that's been messed up is you went and you chased it and tried to do it yourself. It's not only that you've walked away from me, it's that now you've found something to replace me. And it's a broken-hearted heavenly father looking at you and going, what did I do? Why are we so distant now? Why don't you want to pray to me? Why don't you want to read my letters anymore? Why don't you want to serve anymore? Why don't you love me anymore? We used to, you used to sing to me when you ride down the car. You used to tell all your friends about me because you were so excited about our relationship. What, what have I done? You know, Jesus, well, it's part of the most um, unexpected thing here is when you think about the red letters of Jesus and, and this idea of relational, you think of the Gospels. But one of the most amazing things, which is the first four books of the New Testament, was the most amazing thing is that there is a quotation of Jesus in the last book of the Bible, in Revelation. And it's the same God of the universe through Jesus speaking to his church again. So 600 years before Jesus, it was God speaking to a group of people, a, follow, a group of followers. And then all the way to the book of Revelation, it is Jesus speaking to a church. And this is what he has to say specifically about this church and this relationship. Check this out. Jesus says this, red letters here. I know your deeds. He's talking to a church of Ephesus. It's in modern day Turkey. He says, I know your deeds, church. Your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people that you have tasted, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles, but are not, and have found them false. He's basically saying here, I've seen that you have been acting and behaving as if you're trying to be good. I see that you're you're acting as if you're being a good church. I, I see that you're trying. I've seen your good works. I see that you're doing the things that you think you ought to do. Right? I've seen those things. All right? But then it doesn't stop there, though. He goes, you have persevered and endured. I've seen that. I've seen your, you endure hardships for my name and have, grown, have not grown weary. You've done all the right things. Yet, I hold this one thing against you. You have forsaken the love you had Now, for some of us in here, you, you, you know what this feeling is like, okay? So have you ever been in a relationship where you're going through the motions and you're good at it? 
It's like you, you know, like you, you do the, the, the kiss before bed, just a little pet kiss to bed. All right, yeah, good night. Like you, you know, the, you make the coffee for them. You know, they get, put the groceries away. You're like kind of going through the routine. Like, like, but there's a sensitivity that we know. Like, like, like guys, like a lot of times, like I'm talking to you, like, so you're in the room, you're seeing this going on. And then you have like this epiphany for a moment. And you're like, hey, are you okay? And then what does she say? I'm fine. And then we go, oh, okay. And then we go back to watching our football game or whatever, right? Like, so we're like, oh, all right. Well, I just thought for a second that maybe something was a little bit off. Felt like a giant freezing cold shoulder that was over there, but must not have been. So anyways, we go back to it. And then just to help you out, fine never means fine. Um, or very seldom means fine. Sometimes it means fine, but usually not fine. You hear fine, not fine. Just wanted to help you out. So, so like, like you, so you fall in this space in which like you're just doing life, you're doing relationship, but you're realizing there's nothing there. Like you can be good at it. Like you can be a really good, you know, partner. You, you could be a really good, uh, you know, uh, you're you're kind of like a a good roommate, right? It's like man, you make a really good roommate. Like you know, you know what it's like to be a good roommate. But you've lost the first love. And one or both of you are coming to reality. If you're here today and you're in that space in a marriage, don't go alone. But we're here for you. I'm here for you. If you're in that space in a marriage and you're going, man, that's where we're at and, I, I need, and we need help. Like, that's why we are here. We love you. We want to walk with you. We want this to be a God-glorifying marriage, okay? So just know that if that hits you in a tough spot right now. But the second thing I want you to notice in that is that God's saying the same thing about us. He's going, yeah, I know that you've been going to church. I know that you, you know when to stand and clap your hands in the service. I, 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 know you've, I know you've been doing those things. I know you even volunteered when they had that VBS thing. I, like, I know you've been doing those things. Like, I know you've been doing those things, but I hold one thing against you. You've, you've lost your love. He continues. Consider how far you have fallen. Consider how it used to be and how far you are now. Repent, which means turn around, about face, and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, if you don't turn from this, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. What he's saying is like, basically, I'm going to remove this church from being in its place because I need to have a group of people that's in relationship with me, that loves me, that just doesn't perform the way you think you ought to perform, but loves the way you ought to love and everything being birthed out of that. See, this is, a, this is a relationship, and he says, I want, you to, I want you to do the things you did at first. You know, I love my, um, my son Isaac uh, was recently baptized, and, um, and, and, I, and I love that, that, that whole scenario of him falling in love with Jesus. It's fresh. Like, it's a fresh love of Jesus. He's talking about it all the time. Like, he's talking at night. He's asking questions. He's just hungry about it. So we were out to eat. Actually, there's a little restaurant that actually had a playground off to it as well, so we could eat at the restaurant and then get them to go on over there and play. Like, so, like, we just had them over there playing, and then he, was playing, he met some new friends. He was playing. We're all eating outside. And uh, he comes up to me. He says, hey, Dad, Dad, Dad. I was like, what, buddy? He was like, 
so I met a new friend. I was like, awesome. He was like, yeah, his name's David. So cool. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's great that you have a new friend. He's like, that's so cool. He was like, here's the thing. I don't know if he knows God. And I was like, I, I don't either, buddy. He was like, you think it's cool if I ask him? I was like, go for it, buddy. So he goes up to him. He was like, he, he goes up to him. He's like, hey. And it was like across the room, like totally awkward. He's like, hey, hey, David, you know God, right? And uh, me and Stephanie go, oh, my goodness. Here we go, right? And then, then like, they're, they're leaving. And he's like, hey, we got VBS coming. You want to come? Dad, can we pick up David so we can go to VBS too? And we're like, we're like the parents are walking by looking at us, you know. And I was like, I love this because it's like he just, he just loves God. He just loves him. And he wants everybody to know him. He's like, how could you not want to know him? Like, do you know how special it is that the God of the universe loves me? Forgave me? I got baptized the other day. Like, you should know him. He's that awesome. And I look at this little man, I'm going, see, I know what you're calling for. I'm calling, you're calling for a relationship. And that's that first love. That you're just so head over heels in love with God. It's not hard to brag about your hero when you got one. And so for, for my son, his hero is God, and he can't wait to tell his buddies about him. And it makes me think about how far we've fallen from that young love. You know, I had, uh, I had mentioned uh, before kind of this idea of me and Stephanie in this journey and meeting with this professional counselor and talking through that and, and him talking about commitment and, you know, making sure that infidelity, not just physically, but with your emotions, that you've left that love to new things and this lack of commitment to one another. And he, said, he asked me, you know, he was like, so, so tell me about how you first fell in love with her. Because I was asking about how you fall out of love with somebody. He says, tell me how you first fell in love with her. And so I told him about this, this whole thing of the way in which we would go and we would eat ice cream and we'd spend all these hours talking. And I don't know if you guys remember this, like back in the day, like it's going to stretch you a minute. Some of y'all are going to be like, what? Like back in the day, they had these things like phones that had like a cord stuck to them, right? Like they, they like really wired, like they were wired and you could like stretch them out. It's really weird. Sometimes they got a knot in them. It was weird. So anyways, you could do the limbo when mom was talking to them in the kitchen. You could do the limbo under it. So anyways, so, so uh, back, way back in the day, so uh, we used to talk on the phone for hours. And so, and here's the thing is back then, they like at our house, like it just meant that like when we were on the phone for all those hours, anybody that we were trying to call our house to talk to anyone else in the house, it was a busy signal. Like, it didn't even, like, there was no voicemail or anything. So my parents would always fuss me, like, Brian, get off the phone. I'm expecting a phone call. And he was like, I'd just be talking to her for hours. And he was like, where did that go? Go back and do the things you did at first. Commit to one another and go back to what you did at first. So me and my wife, Seven, we decided, okay, you know what? We're going to keep it simple. And for nearly 21 years, barring very few situations, we have met one-on-one and we have had ourselves a good old time. And we've just met week after week. We've spent more money on babysitting, and that number's going up. I'll move up here in Maryland. We've spent more money on babysitting than you could imagine. I remember talking to one of my elders one day about, brother, I'm ashamed to admit how much we spent on babysitting. And he was like, don't you dare. You will never regret a dollar you spent on that marriage. And it just reminds me of, man, no, chase after the first love. 
do the things you did at first. And, and for us, that's our time together. That's, that's what that is. And, and that's, that's what it is for us. Like that's the way in which we are together. That's the way in which we have that special time. We call it our come to Jesus lunch or come to Jesus little dessert. And at that space, in that place, we look across from each other and we just ask each other how we're doing. How's your relationship with God going? We call it our come to Jesus lunch. And, and in that, we'll, we'll say things like, hey, what can I do this week to be a better husband? I'll ask that, right? She's not saying, you know what you can do to be a better husband next week, right? They don't go well. So, so it's me asking the question, what, what can I do to be a better husband this week? And her going, what can I do to be a better wife this week? And us having that space where we remember the flutter, where we remember that first love. So here's an action step for us here today. What stirs your affections for Jesus? What is it that when you do it, whatever it is, it makes you go, God, I love you. I love you so much. You're so awesome. What is it that stirs your, what's that first things you did with Jesus that stirred your affections for him? I asked my staff that too. I, I was like, man, we, we need to be really good at this. Like you need to know what is it that stirs your affection for Jesus? And I was thinking about it for, for me, and these are all different for everybody. Um, and, and well, let me share the, the second part of this, which is just as important, which is what robs your affections for Jesus? It's not only what stirs your affections for Jesus, what is robbing your affections for Jesus? What is causing you to not feel anymore? What's causing you to drift from him? So um, the cool thing about this is unique for everyone. Like this isn't the answer for everyone. Like this isn't the answer for you. Like what's, what stirs my affections for Jesus may not work for you, but one for me, sunsets. Sunsets. We go out and when we see a sunset together, I look out and I go, God, you're so awesome. And my mind gets blown as I think that every moment of every day somewhere in the world is a sunset being drawn by our creator. And it just blows my mind. It's like, oh God, you're so awesome. You are so cool. The fact you can do that, God, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Like other, other things for me, and this is a, a weird one, all right? Seeing my wife study scripture. Because I'm going, God, you love her. I love her. And you love her. And she loves you. I love you. This is awesome. Like, like this is like, you know what I'm saying? Like this is like this spots. It's just like, man, because she didn't always love him. So I see her reading and knowing about God or praying to God. And I'm just like, Jesus, you're awesome. You are so awesome. I love you so much. You're so awesome. And see how that's unique? Because I was like, all right, so now everybody, watch my wife study scripture and I'll stir your affection for Jesus. That'd be weird, right? It's like everybody's looking at Stephanie right now. It's like, be like, ah, let's not do that. So, so, but it's something unique to you. There's something unique to you that where you've met Jesus, where you see Jesus, where Jesus talks to you, where he meets you in that space, what stirs your affections for him? And then maybe what robs your affections for him? See, for me, passionate preachers and singers i love those singers that like you can feel the heartbreak in their voice when they're just pouring out to the lord because things like that just stirs my affections but you know what robs me yeah too much tv i had to, i had to let go of some hobbies things that i chase after that takes away my heart from the lord 
sleeping in too late, that can mess me up. I just, I just waste the day away, messes up my priorities where I put other things over God things. And it's just, it's what is it for you? Let God speak to you in that space. There's something powerful about this reality, and, and there's something that is powerful that I want you to know as well. And that's if you're here today and you're going, man, I, I, don't, I don't even know where to begin. To know that Jesus is a relational God who wants to be with you. It, it's as simple as this passage here. Continuing Revelation, red letter here. Here I am. Exclamation point. I love that. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is going, I'm here. And I'm knocking. I want us to go back to the way we used to love one another. Can, can we get back there? Can we do those things we used to do at first? Or maybe you're here today and you've never had that with Jesus. He's knocking at the door saying, let me in. Because I promise you, this relationship between Jesus and you is exactly why you're here. It's why you were born. It's why you live. And that's why he wants to be with you forever and eternity. Today could be the day that you could say, you know what? I want to start this first love with Jesus. Or maybe today's the day that you go, I need to get back there. What stirs your affections for Jesus? I pray God speaks to you in that space, and we commit to that today. Let's pray. Jesus, it makes my heart flutter in some of the ways in which I've seen you and, and the things that makes me um, just go, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, God. From the funny, silly things like a really good, sweet glass of sweet tea to a profound reality of your creation when I look up at the stars at night or the cool breeze on an early morning. God, you're all around. And you're speaking to us right now individually, which is my favorite part. That in this room, like a dad with lots of kids, you look at each one of us and you have a unique relationship with each one of us. Loved us all equally, willing to die for us on the cross. The ultimate sign that you love us so that you could be with us forever. God, this entire story is the greatest love story ever. That's why I love your word, God. I love that you wrote this letter for us to be able to read, to hear your heart, to see how much you want to be in a relationship with us. God, would you, would you show us what we need to be doing to help us love you the way we used to? Or maybe for the very first time, we thank you for loving us. It's beyond belief that you, God, the creator of everything for all of eternity, cares to hear from us right now. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name.